Hey everybody, it's The Setup. I'm Chris. I'm John. And uh, this is a special episode. Yeah, uh, this is another one of our interview episodes. Um, and well, this is actually, he's not in the room. This is a week later yeah. at night. Uh, spooky. Yeah, we have a photo of him. We have a photo of him, yeah. And it'll be a sort of cardboard cutout that we're going to talk to. And yeah. then it'll be, my name's Taylor Hughes. That's, yeah. my, <laughs> that's my Taylor. How was that? Was that a good Taylor? That was good. That's my Taylor. I thought he was in the room for a second. Yeah, I know. If you close your eyes, it sounds like... Oh boy, I'm about to break. <laughs> so yeah, this is a sort of a co-produced. Uh, yeah, I think this will be released. This episode will be, re- be released on his uh, episode, uh, his podcast as well. Yeah. If you have not checked it out, uh, which I can't, I'm sure you have, but uh, it's called About to Break. It's actually a very good podcast. You and I have both been on it. We have. Uh, I would check that out. Other than that, uh, I don't have a whole lot else to no, say. No, other about than this. that, just enjoy. Yeah, enjoy uh, this episode with Taylor Hughes, everybody, and we'll see you uh, back next week when it's just the two of us. Bye. We can make it if we try. <laughs> what? We can make it. I'm singing the song. Just, just the, the two, two of us. Let's fade out on this. We, we can, can make, make it if we try. Just the two of us. Just you the two I. of us. That was Taylor singing. <laughs> <laughs> that was Taylor. <laughs> It's the setup. I'm Chris Grace. I'm John Accardo. My computer sucks. This is the third time we're trying this. Oh, let's start this little clock. Oh, yeah. I'll start I'm like clock. John when, when he's got a blindfold. <laughs> <laughs> Thumbing around for it. Uh, Except you can't really see it at the moment. Uh, that's Excuse true. me. No talking. We have not introduced you. John oh, sorry. can't see the cards either. I can't. I right. legitimately my, close my, my eyes. I just, my, my memory of them is like my object memory is... <laughs> my argument is that if I go like this and then close my eyes, I'm not like... I wait, know exactly wait where I put you that. have a blindfold on, but you still close your eyes? That's yeah, like smiling right. while you're wearing a Mickey Mouse mask at this time. Just helps you get into it. No, I'm just saying, like, if you if you put an object down, yeah. then close your eyes. That's exactly I know where it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, also, yeah, first off, it's, it's weird to have the fabric just rub against your eyeballs. That is weird. Oh, yeah. that's true. So it's it's so you close your eyes. But also, I mean I close my eyes to make sure that I really can't use like any peaks or anything like that and i can create a real authentic feeling that like i can't see what's happening method acting. exactly yeah um, i'm basically the magic's daniel day lewis yeah and, <laughs> i heard that but I, yeah I've, I've said it a lot uh it's a lot of people have said it um and so but even then i remember where the objects are pretty well and i've still gotten the comment like it looks like you're peeking because it looks like you can just go straight for that deck of cards. I but know. then I overcorrect. It's just weird because in real life, I think everybody could just easily close their eyes and grab right. an object that they just put there. But they don't necessarily think that when they're watching. Yeah. It's a tough, it's a tough yeah, yeah. situation. We we do have a, 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 a guest today who hosts his own podcast, competing podcast that we have said, and I'll say now, please don't listen to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's also on on the same night and time as our podcast. Yes, in the so. same time slot. Yeah. yeah, and those are prime time slots. So uh, if don't anyway. If I came here to just to tell people not to listen to my podcast. I mean, that's person. why I come here every week. Well, uh, set your DVRs to record his podcast. Right, right. Um, uh, so Taylor Hughes hosting the About to Break podcast every Tuesday on CBS, 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, right after Last Man Standing. Right after Last Man uh, Standing, right before uh, Elementary. Speaking of patriarchies. <laughs> um, anyway, but we, do, uh, we are very excited, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, Taylor Hughes. Oh, my goodness. This is where we... <laughs> I was just going to say, is this where we insert the applause? 
I'm also very close to purchasing a thing that has like a soundboard on it. Oh my god, that would be so. If we just I, turned into like Radio Shock well, Jocks. Because actually, Rode <laughs> has just released this thing called the Rodecaster, I think. Okay. Or, I don't know uh, about this. It's a it's a console that has. It's like a mini thing where you can have like pre-programmed stuff. Um, well, imagine stuff. a mixing board yeah. that has two channels of audio mixed in with preamps, okay. and then like six little pads that you can program with sound oh that's awesome and it's got a usb hookup if you want to have skype go directly into it as an audio channel oh that's cool you so could just for podcast you could have like a sound effect of riffling cards for those days when john's just phoning it in when he's just not into it have you heard the episodes where i, I just like drop coins yeah yeah, yeah. i've i've listened last to week there's a lot of coin <laughs> I, I, I listened to that episode back there's a lot of coin sounds yeah i, I have I, I thought those were silent i've listened to every episode of this podcast and, Thank you so uh, much. and yeah. I've heard of your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's so funny. I, when I first started listening to podcasts, I was like, oh man, there's so many podcasts. And then I like spending so much time traveling and you're just sitting for like six hours right. on a plane. You're, like, looking for I'm podcasts. like, I've come to the end of the podcast. Like yeah. I've done them all. Right. Well, have you delved into true crime podcasts? Yes, I have. Because that's a whole. Oh, dear. He's heard all the crimes. He solved every crime. Yeah. Well, he committed half of them. I, right. I've started committing crimes. On the way here, Our I panicked. Adnan Syed. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is when you know that. <laughs> that true crime podcast mess you up is so I'm in a rental car. Somebody decided to throw a rock through our window the other day, like at our house. Really? Yeah. Just for no reason. Or maybe did it have it's a another playing podcast card, playing card like tied around it? I know. Right. If only <laughs> like, yeah. said, quit podcasting signed yeah. John Accardo. <laughs> yeah. It was a blank. It was a blank playing card that just had, had the number 16 and I assumed I knew mnemonica and could figure out. Oh, yeah. Five of space. Yeah. Now, you got it. is that right? Yeah, I don't also even the know. number you named before. <laughs> right, we were talking about, right, I had already done that was the way. Yeah, I had already done the uh, the uh, the Jackson Five digging up a copy of uh, no digging up a birthday cake for somebody's sweet sixteen. Every time you say is that, that I'm gonna it? punch you in the that's face. The is actual, that really that, that is that's the, the visual? All, all the fives are Jackson Five. Oh my! And goodness. spades, all the spades are digging something up. I've had several people reach out to me as I make fun of that on this podcast saying, like, actually, it helped me learn mnemonica really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Way faster than just trying to learn the numbers. And uh, I I just, I, I managed to Well, you know, I think it's possible that a brute force method like you did it might be more uh, amenable for someone that's younger, that has less crap in his brain. I have so much crap in my brain. Uh, I mean, we're not talking about percentage. I agree that a high percentage of what's in your brain is crap. <laughs> just volume, just pure yeah, volume. Just pure volume of stuff. That's fair. Um, so, Taylor, yeah. uh, you recently did the castle. I did, the, yeah. And you did the parlor. I did the parlor. Do you, always, have you, do you always do the parlor? Do you do different rooms? I've done the other rooms. It's been a long time since I've done the palace, so I'd love uh-huh. to do that again. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, usually, usually the parlor or the peller is where I end up. Um and we can talk about how those two names were way too similar. They we have are. the parlor, the peller, the palace, and the cellar, and the cellar. Yeah, the parlor, the palace, the, the palace, the it's palace, like, the it's parlor, like a, the parlor, it's like a tongue. Yeah, the parlor, the parlor, the palace, and close up. Yeah. Um, wait, does the close up not have a name? Close up gallery, but there's it's no like gallery. Yeah, no. The Vernon. I do. Do you remember uh, the, the? That's probably on its way. Do you remember the old close-up gallery, like years and years ago? Uh, you were probably depends too, on how many years ago. That was a long time ago. It's when they used to have so you know in line for the close-up gallery is all the cartoon characters. Yeah, those used to be in the close-up gallery. No, they still are, aren't they? 
There's still like a row of them. No, they the used lights. they used to be like everywhere. Oh, I don't know if yeah. I remember that. Like as you're watching a show, all the yeah, like we didn't have like all those little medallions of the castle on. I, I started in the junior program in 2009. Woo! Um, <laughs> hot dog. Sorry, did we peak? Uh, did that, we peak? That, that existential was... dread uh, blew out the mic. <laughs> oh, sorry. 2009. How old were you when you got in? Uh, so I was um, 15 when I auditioned for the junior program. Yeah, which, uh, which would have been March 2009, and I was a freshman <sighs> in high school. And then I did my first. Br- I, I got approved to do brunch shows. Um, in July of that year. So oh, my, that's my awesome. Fr- my first ever show at the castle was July 4th, 2009. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Uh, which was also my first like real show in front of an audience. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was always just like doing tricks for people. And I had done a little bit of theater and improv before that, so I was comfortable in front of an audience. But that yeah. was like, my first like Yeah, your first set had magic the, just show. in the middle of it, a monologue from Drowsy Chaperone. Yeah, uh, which is the play I did in high school. <laughs> did you know that? I did know that. And okay. I also wow. just, Deep uh, cut. I just bought a record player <laughs> and I ordered the vinyl of Drowsy Chaperone. Got it. Which is actually like uh, theoretically a cast recording of the musical inside right. the show, like right. it says, like on the out cover, it says like the, from the nineteen thirty eight sensation or whatever. Oh, is it actually just like so? It doesn't have any of the. No, it only has what's oh, the show kinda, within the show. That's funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when did you first join the castle? Uh, I joined as a junior when I was seventeen. Oh, I didn't know you were also a junior. I was uh, when I was seventeen, so that would have been uh, nineteen. 19- 98 i was um, born in 81 and you did you grow up where sort of where you're living when i get another woo out of you if i told you i was four years old and that happened yeah no that's fine uh, it, it if people looked at us if this wasn't audio if it was video no one would hesitate to go that makes sense <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm surprised that john was alive when taylor well was it's born. also not it's not an impossibility that like 10 years from now taylor will still be kind of youthful and john will be crusty in and 10 years i'll be bald so <laughs> is that a history in your family oh is that I, a thing i just i mean this past year i finished a 90-day round of hair loss medication oh, really <laughs> uh yeah uh yeah oh yeah run strong in the accardo family my dad is the old my dad has his hair and yeah uh but um it's on every, the mother's side right uh, isn't it i mean actually that turn i think it's a myth i heard oh, um wow. but my father uh every single man of his generation i was like eight of him uh, across his brothers and cousins Every single one of them bald. Oh wow! Um, and I, I, I can already like oh. to the point where I, I showed it to my parents and they're like, "Oh yeah, uh, maybe talk to someone." <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I'm gonna lose my hair, but I, I mean, I went gray quick. My both my parents were gray when they were in their twenties. Yeah, but that's elegant. Yeah, I'm, uh, so far it's elegant. not like yellow. You know, there's like that yellow gray where it's like, oh, yeah, I have no does idea it, what you're talking. Oh, you know, you've never seen like the. Plus you the I'm just picturing color. like when I have picture young gray, I'm just picturing Steve Martin and. He's, oh, there you go. You know, that's the dream. But, oh, that's but also coloring it's not very hard. Mm. If you ever like, if you were ever want to hold a lion at a certain, there are photos I've I've attempted to color my hair before, and I was like, mm, I don't think I'm gonna do this. Uh, I my hair grows so like I need a haircut every two weeks, so it's like the the amount Taylor of is very viral, viral, viral. I recently in the last since I got to L.A. really, which is like three or four years. Um, when I go to have makeup done for all the fancy yeah. jobs that I have, they have started to add uh, spray on hair on the back of my head. Oh. Which I was just like, you know, they don't ask you. <laughs> they're, just like, <laughs> they're like, oh, you need this. And what's weird is it's it's the same thing that like I feel like Ron Popeil sold. Right. It's in a little bubble spray thing. They spray hairspray on your head and then just spray like flakes of color onto your scalp. Yeah. Um yeah, I, uh, I is this for, for uh, commercial use? Uh, 
This is for like the, this, the porns that I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no, actually, it's for any time that they're like, well, we're going to see you from the back because like, apparently it's thinner up here. And is this, I don't, uh, is I this don't an see over-the-counter it. product? Oh, oh, yes, yes. It is, actually. Krylon. Yeah, interesting. So, so you started as a junior. So, I, I was asking, yeah. was, did you start, did you live where you sort of live now? Yeah, I've always, so I live in Upland now. Yeah. Uh, I'm 35 miles east of the castle. And I grew up in Azusa, so I was a little bit closer, but still. Azusa is like almost West Covina. Right. You know, so right. it's... Um, so, yeah, I grew up in Azusa and got involved in the juniors. And, and where did you take lessons or... You know, there was a magic shop in La Puente when I was a kid. I was like 12 and started going there. Uh-huh. And um, didn't take lessons, but the guy that owned it was like a little too free with like all the secrets and stuff. Uh-huh. He was one of these guys who was like, he had like a bunch of big illusions Yeah, and uh, he'd be like, Hey, uh, if you got a person that will fit in the sword box, you can perform it this Friday at the show. <laughs> so like, he would just be like, all right, you're going to do a dove act. And my friend would be like, I don't have any doves. He's like, you could use my birds. Like, it's just a very quirky guy, but I got, <laughs> I got exposed to a lot of fun stuff that way. That's pretty cool. I went to a lecture last night at the magic apple. Uh, that was uh, done by Chris Rollins. Mm-hmm. And one thing I thought while I was there was like, it's kind of sweet that there's a fair amount of like, this was an older crowd than the last lecture I went to. Sure. And I was like, it's kind of sweet that these guys, there's a collegial nature to mm. everybody kind of hanging out. And like, I was surprised there were some names there of like fairly famous magicians and they were just nonstop talking about magic. Yeah. In a way that I thought was like I was kind of like ad- admiring it. Like it's like oh, they really still are interested in like. Did you see that new thing? It's like mm-hmm. you know, but I, but I thought it was actually it was a very it was a much warmer lecture than last time around. Um, and uh, also met Hiram, one of our listeners, and Theron, one of our listeners, cool. was there too. Awesome. Uh, so now you I have, met both our listeners. <laughs> yeah, one night. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and I met your parents. So I met yes. all four of our. And listeners. you met Aaron. <laughs> Yes. Erin uh, uh, recently said to me the other day, she's pretty sure that she is the number one mention of non-magicians on this podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. That's true. So, Aaron Hollander. Aaron, uh, Aaron Hollander or my husband, Eric. Yes. Who right. is not a listener. <laughs> 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 no, literally no interest in this topic. Yeah. And also uh, is now already sick of me showing him things. See, I was going to ask, like, how, because oh, you, you jumped in so heavily into magic. He's like, tired of it, and also, in a couple fights, he'll bring it up as, like, <laughs> I fucking have to watch you. Like, <laughs> it's like, Does that happen? That's oh, yeah, great. And I'm like, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's- See, like, Katie, Katie and I, we were dating in high school. So, like, she's, I've been a magician as long as she's known me. Right. So, now it's like, you know. She gets tired of it, but she but also she knew what she was she, signing, she up, signed for. up for it. You know, for yeah. me, it's that I'm single and no one loves me, so it's fine. Right, right. Stop right. it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna die alone, so it'll be fine. I'll just do magic all the time. I wouldn't say no one loves you. It's just no one's interested in you romantically. Right. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that better? Oh my god, you sound like my Bumble profile. <laughs> <laughs> that's your oh, that's your like tagline. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, Taylor, the one one thing that we one like impetus for us having you on the podcast was that we saw you at the parlor, as previously discussed. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, show was really, about it. Yeah, it was so good. Well, then um, Chris came the second night. Well, I so the second night, so <laughs> he, kept, he convinced me that it was actually a bad show. Good, oh, yeah. so we the first night we saw Taylor 
Uh, and we saw Jen Kramer, and then we, we saw, saw we, we went we saw we went Tuesday night because I, 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 I wanted yep. to see you so bad. Well, you were only in town for what, like 20, 30, 20, hours, thirty-nine now? hours. Yeah, yeah. She thirty-nine hours. I got I got home. I landed from um, Belgium. Yeah. Uh, I got home at um, three fifty-five. Uh, I got home around five thirty. Oh and my goodness! Seven thirty. Jet lag, man. I, uh, you know, actually, it was kind of a mind over matter thing when you had somewhere to go and something yeah. to do. You just pretend like right, and yeah, then that's that how you helped it. quite a bit. Yeah. Um, if so, if you ever jet lagged, my recommendation is have plans. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I went that because that was the only night I was going to be able to go. Yeah. And I. So you really, saw Jen show. We saw Jen. Um, and then we saw you, and then Chris had never seen Ace Palmer before, so we. Saw oh, that. cool! You got Which to see Joe. Yeah. Yeah. He had to improvise a little bit. Did he? With his uh, animals. Oh. Oh, do you know the story on that? I, I've heard a little bit about it. Do you know about I it? I don't know about well, it. There, well, there, I know that I've been told that is his parlor act, what he did in the close-up gallery. Well, there is a there is right now like a quarantine on birds because there's some sort of avian flu. Oh, I did not know <laughs> This is what He's I heard. anyway. Who cares? Yeah, this is what I heard. So he's like, at the last minute, they're like, uh, can you use like some potatoes <laughs> instead of birds? Yeah. But... You know what we need? We need a quarantine on cups and balls. <laughs> <laughs> you guys uh, didn't, you didn't see the palace though, huh? Uh, well, I did see the so the next. Did you see, night, oh yeah, you got to I see it. So the next. It, so I, uh, I I really wanted Eric to see this that set of magicians. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'll come back and we'll have dinner. Um, so then we saw Jen Kramer. We saw you, and then we saw the palace. Okay, and we didn't yeah. get to see um, Ace, Ace Palmer, Palmer. Mm-hmm. Um, because like he was. His cue for the oh, post yeah. thing, yeah. I was telling you this, but we got in line at like, I forget, what's the, what are the late close-up times? 10, 10, 45, 11, 30. So 30. like at 9.50, yeah. I go to get in the line for the 10.45 and they're like, this is the line for the, the 11.30. 11:30 yeah. Like they've already yeah. put people in the back to get Every time the he's there, it's like that. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. There's um, a lot of big name people that are kind of like that when they do the close up gallery. That's so cool. Um, that they even like started to, when uh, when um, what's his name? Michael Azaldi did the close up gallery. Yeah, yeah. That, we saw him, right? We did. We saw him a second time around. Right. First, and then the second time he allowed people to stand on the sides. Right. First time he didn't. There was no standing room allowed. So, oh, so, so it's even less people. Yeah. yeah. So then there were talks on the Facebook thing about like what's the most efficient way to do this? Is this the most right. efficient way that we, what we have now? And there are a lot of. I feel like it's LA could use. Uh, have you seen the Dennis Bear videos where he's doing his like? Oh, his like nice close-up theater. Yeah, it's in this close-up theater in yeah. whatever Munich or room. Right. I feel like LA could have one that's just a close-up magic theater. That, that could I'm be really cool because sure I feel like well. the one he's in seats maybe like forty. Right, hmm. it's set up in a way that's like yeah, because it's so tall. Yeah. yeah, Chicago Magic Lounge has a bigger space, right? right. Yeah. Um, so then we came to see. Oh, do you want to say something about the Palace show? Because I enjoyed that. Oh, it was show. great. It's like it's so fun. Stuart McLeod, Stuart McLeod, Danny Cole, Danny and Stacy, and then uh, Joel Joe Ward, Ward and yeah. Allison, and uh, yeah, Danny. So Danny and Joel were in the juniors the same time I was. Ah, oh, I know yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was a fun. Palace of show. your junior people have like stuck around. Like sort of what ratio? There's quite a few. I mean, like uh, that. You mean that are like still performing? Yeah, yeah. So actually, first of all, do you automatically get to become an adult member? You do. Yes. You're yeah, that's one of the. So there's a real no reason. So you that. also never did the f- adult audition. I never did the adult Neither, audition. No. Chris asked me like it's it, it's it's a big sense of, uh, source of tension for us because he keeps asking me about the audition. I'm like, I right? Don't know. No, no, I got other sources now. Yeah. Got, so so Sorab Shah was a junior with me, and he's now on the membership committee. Oh. So I, he, I know him. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so like, there's a lot of guys that are doing it full time that were in G- the juniors, like Joel and Danny and Matt Marcy. Cool. Um, Eric Buss wasn't a junior, but he was around a lot at the time. He mm-hmm. was around about the same time. So you went through that same gauntlet that John did of like doing brunches and stuff? Oh, yeah. Ah. Oh, yeah. And at the time, like now juniors get paid to do brunch. Yeah. But when, when I, well. yeah, when I was, do, yeah, I think I get like 125 bucks or something, something like or that. 150 bucks or something like that. But I, I, uh, when we were doing brunch, wait, is like, that a better rate than the adults get? No, uh, no, no, no show? it is not. <laughs> it, it's close. Are, are you nervous about talking about money? No, 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 no. <laughs> John, John, John got really quiet. Uh, you get 200 a night at the castle. <laughs> oh, okay. And so, and, and then these brunch shows, sometimes you're doing like six, seven. Oh, right, right, right. They're yeah. running so you eight. like, they're running you. Yeah. All right. But when I and when I was a junior, it was like you got paid by like they would pay you in brunch passes. You we would so you could come could, back and you could get have brunch my another day. It was hundred dollars in a brunch pass. Oh, that's great! It it's funny how the awesome. most prestigious plus uh, the free brunch we got when we ate there. <laughs> the most prestigious place to do magic probably pays the worst. <laughs> Similar to how like one of the best places to do improv it pays in nothing, world, right? It pays pays nothing. zero. Yeah, but that's true of right. almost every improv theater. So. Right. Right, and that's everyone always asks like when you're doing the castle, like, oh, do you do they pay you to like do the castle? And it's like, well, they do, but no one does the castle right for the paycheck. In fact, some people can't afford to do the castle for that exactly that reason because they're right. giving it foreign they're giving performers. It. Oh, right. Because right. if I like if if there's some cool Korean magician shoot, and I talk about this all the time, we want right. to get a Korean magician over. That's like a twelve hundred dollar flight. Right. Uh, sure, he can live there for free, but that's still two hundred dollars for a week of work, essentially oh, yeah. a profit. And if you're somebody booking a lot of weeks for corporate gigs and stuff. It's probably a sacrifice to be like, I could have made fifteen thousand dollars doing this. Right. Yeah. It's it, yeah. That's what I think Taylor makes per game. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Um, no, so I then, we, anyway, we came the second <laughs> night to see you. You came to the second night. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't help you. You wanted me to help shoot your one of the tricks. That you oh did. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully that turned out well. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, fun thing happened at the show. Yes, yeah. One of the tricks went a little. One of the tricks that I had done. I've done this trick probably. 300 times Uh on stage and this was the first time that it just totally didn't work (laughs) Uh, okay so and if you if you recall the episode that we recorded the day after we saw you yeah yeah, before he went back yeah uh, i I talked about the trick generally i did not mention the actual right the trick and i and i was like i i I saw him that night i was like chris i'm so glad you guys recorded that before before (laughs) before you saw me totally screwed up yeah 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 uh, so I did not mention like the name of the trick or anything. So that, yeah. At that point, it is you can kind of get into the method. Do you want to talk about that? We could we could talk about the method. We don't even have to talk about the trick if you want. Oh, because sure. I'm using a method that is used for a lot of different routines. Sure. In a different and routine. has previously been pretty reliable. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. say still reliable. One out of three hundred is still reliable. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, I've had other things go wrong with it. You know, just operator error things of you know people go outside yeah. of the instructions you give them but oh so is that yeah. not what happened this time around do you well, do you no. know what happened i do not know. okay well then i i, I have do I you know what happened didn't work i don't know the story really i can tell you what occurred please tell us so <laughs> uh, talk about do this. we talk about like names of tricks do well, we do that? that that's that's if you're so comfortable your with trick, it, yeah, yeah the reason i didn't well, it's say not, it yeah. is it's not my trick to give away oh i don't and care. I feel like if you say the name then people can google the method right if, yeah if they haven't already okay right. just so when taylor took out the bandana right yeah uh, and uh, he was supposed to take out a banana it was crazy it all went awry i had this recording that was supposed to you know they were supposed to mail me you. exactly <laughs> the props that, I that was your story like i bought this trick guys you're not gonna believe this didn't work out i still can't wait till i see this trick live it was god 
I was, did watch the David Copperfield uh, Mr. Rogers. Oh yeah, one. his version. Did he? There's a video of him doing it as Mr. Rogers. As Mr. Rogers, yeah. Okay. It was like. But I can't wait till I see this show, this trick live. Um, I can. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, man. So uh, you the, you you started the trick. Yeah, yeah. So I do I do a trick uh, involving a jar. Please don't do it if you don't you know. But you could do it because it's whatever. So I do a trick with a big jar of jelly beans on stage, and uh, uh, and again, this is not my idea. Uh, Jim Steinmeier came up with the original premise of this. Oh, the Brilliant. Jelly beans? Brilliant, gentlemen. By the way, he didn't come up with the idea of counting jelly beans. No. I'm just no. saying. That's so Jim Steinmeier is the first person to ever look at a jelly bean and count the number on a table. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jim Steinmeier is actually like right. Tom Sawyer. That's in Impossibilities. That's <laughs> yeah. it. That was it. Yeah. Uh, and then all these grand openings at malls were like, we got it. They were reading the magic book. Right. And they were like, this would be perfect. Jim for Steinmeier also invented putting a penny in a thing and it spins around. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> just a lot, a lot of mall features. <laughs> Aqua massage. <laughs> have you ever done one of those? I have. I'm I've very enjoyed it. I get it? so distracted. I'm sorry. Aqua massage. It's like Do you ever feel like people are listening and going like, why don't they ever finish a thought? Oh, yeah. Well, nobody ever comments on this, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that it. when I listen back, I'm like, you guys started talking about this. And uh, now we're talking about aqua massage. Yeah. You got to get an aqua massage. I want to do one of those sensory deprivation chambers. I want to do oh, that so it. bad. Have you done uh, it? Yeah, we, Eric and I <laughs> did it. That feels like it would be trippy. Uh, we did in Palm Springs. It was very... I want to do a bunch of mushrooms and do a sensory deprivation <laughs> well, Oh my goodness. The inter- <laughs> Eric drowned in Eric, six like, inches of water. Eric saw a lot of things. Like really? His, his vision started to like play around with... Cool. What is it? I, I didn't experience that, but it was very peaceful. Anyway, I didn't mean to go off track as we were talking about going, going off track. track. Go no. back. You're, you have jar jelly beans. That's so bad. I'm sitting here going, "Oh, I never told you why the crime shows messed up the uh, rental car I'm in right now." Oh. Um, <laughs> fuck, we do. I do. <laughs> so jelly. So jelly. So I do a routine with the jar of jelly beans, and I get the audience to give their guesses of how many jelly beans they might think are in this jar, and we add up all the numbers, and we take the average, and then I show them that I knew ahead of time what it was going to be, mm-hmm. and I'm using a technique. A lot of magicians use to calculate this number using an iPhone calculator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the night, the night that uh, I did it, it should have, when we, we, you know, the number was like whatever it was, like it was in like the 11,000 and we divided by the number of people and it ended up being, uh, rather than being like in the 1400s, which is what the answer is, it was like 52 million, 380. Like seven, you like, looked at it and you were like, it was like 17 million. It was like astronomical. And uh, and I don't know if the guy just had some memory thing in his calculator that I didn't know about, uh-huh. or like it recalled something. Because in essence, that's what you're doing to do this trick. Right, right, right. But I don't know if there was something else in there that overridden, <laughs> right. or if like I just forgot to clear something out and you know had a brain fart or whatever. So then let me ask you this. Yeah. Do, uh, ha- so that's never happened. Yeah. Before you said, what is um. Did you have you ever had you ever planned for something like this? Have you ever have you ever consciously thought this is what would happen on the off chance of the number that comes? I mean, up he had a, he had a go bag on stage to just like yeah flee. I, I mean, yeah, it was a Jack Bauer. I had some passports and like a clean pressed white shirt. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> threw a smoke bomb down like, on the ground. What do I need if I'm Jack Bauer? Press shirt, cash. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've had so it's funny is I've had another thing happen where somebody. I had someone else punching in the numbers and at the last minute they flubbed like they put in too many numbers and it was I knew the math wasn't going to work out so I just grabbed the calculator from them and just 
cleared it, which Joel Ward actually the next day told me he has done this before, and I don't know why I didn't think to do it in the moment. Just hit clear as you're saying like, oh, well, let's divide that by the number of people. Just hit clear and literally punch in the answer. Mm -hmm. I've done that before and not gotten caught. And in the moment, I just freaked out. I was, it was so weird to see this massive number (laughs) that I was like, so if it was like 19,000, you might've just been like, eh, clear it, put in the number. Yeah. Something about the, like something about the actual size of the number. Just, yeah, it's something about the human brain cannot conceive numbers that large. Yeah, I don't know what it was. It just th- <laughs> anything it over just, fifty throws me off. It just threw me, and then yeah, I mean, the Chris, last two cards of Monica are hard for you. <laughs> I know. I, I still don't know. <laughs> Nine of diamonds. It's the last one. That's all I know. Uh, What's the first one, Taylor? Four clubs. Wow, look at this wow. guy. Taylor's got the <laughs> beginning and ending of Monica down pat. Right. So. Uh, Chris, I, I'm like curious as to what your experience was with it because, because I mean, while it was happening, I was like. Because then I went back and I did. I actually moved on, did a different trick, and then went back and did it again. And I thought like, that was fin- interesting. Finished the trick. I was like, "Why?" Oh, I, I think this? you kind of so, had to though, because so, the jelly beans were out on. Stage. Yeah, like, yeah. What was the moment for the audience? I'll describe it exactly. Yeah, what yeah it was awful. So and I, <laughs> I started sobbing, and I knew. Sweet, sweet I knew sobs. how what was like. I knew the rhythm of it, so I was like, "You saw it the night before, yeah." Yeah. So um, <laughs> he gets to the thing. He's holding the cocker like this, and then he goes. And that would be the divided by eleven, and it's seventeen million. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I guess this fulfills everyone's dream of coming to the Magic Castle and doing a trick that doesn't work. And then, like, <laughs> I think you were like, "Let's move on" or something. Yeah, yeah. And then I just so you acknowledge like well, I acknowledge that work. it didn't work. You just, just, just uh, sat in there. Yeah, acknowledge. Well, this one I didn't understand. Yeah, yeah. You, you had the calculator like this. No one could you, see you it. Easily could have just been like. I could have just fifteen hundred, right? Uh, for the listeners that can't figure out what's happening, Chris I'm holding, is holding a deck of up cards. a deck of cards, like yeah. a phone, as if the phone is screen is too. That him you were holding no it towards yourself. The, so, like no you guys, you guys joke all the time about the like things magicians say, like don't run when you're when you're not being chased, yes. kind of thing. But like one of the big things is for any performance is if you screw up, don't tell the audience because they don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> right. And I literally, it wasn't like the calculator was facing them no, and they no, all no. saw it. Just in like, it, it was one of those stupid moments where I was just like, uh, <laughs> what do I do now? Um, and, and, <laughs> but I actually thought you handled it fine. It, like went on to the, like, next thing and then came well, so back to the escape it. i did the handcuff trick yeah yeah and, and then, then you came back to it and, and then i came and i came back to it and someone brought at some point somebody said something about uh high school when i was doing the math the second time and i think i joked about like oh this reminds me of high school because i failed that the first time through too <laughs> oh, that's fine but yeah it was it was fine it was just one of those moments where i was like what the heck I hate when that stuff happens. <laughs> so I had seen it the night before with you, yeah. and it basically the show was fine, and Eric enjoyed the show, and it was great. I just noticed there was a lot more forehead sweat on Taylor's head. <laughs> just, and Taylor's stage persona is very kind of fun and... Yeah. Like I don't want to say mellow, but... Uh, but it's not like, yeah. a, a, like a high anxiety character. Right. So it was just interesting to see him just like, the, like head sweat for the rest of that one. Oh, but it still went fine. Um, those are those moments where like you could have, especially at the castle. One of the great things is you do so you know, like 21 shows in a week. So if you're, if your first show on Tuesday is crap, you've got, you know what? 18 more shows to do that week. But it is one of those things that I can't let go of that stuff. Like I, that'll haunt you for a while. Yeah. It just drives me nuts, man. Hmm. Like I, and then coming off the castle, like I called Katie this week. I was in, I was doing a, 
Well, we were in Scottsdale. I did this corporate event, and it was fine for a corporate event, Mm -hmm. but it was like nobody came to see the show, and like... You know, you kind of win them over, and it was fun. What's the uh, context? Like, where are you performing? Uh, This was for, like, a convention, like a corporate convention in a ballroom. You know, they've got, like, full stage and lights and everything. And are you one event in, like, a whole schedule of things? Yeah, I was actually emceeing. So Thursday night, I was performing. It was just like a, hey, get to know you night. Everyone relax, have fun. Right. And then I was emceeing the the next day. Okay. Okay. but yeah, like, but it was just so weird going from the castle where everyone came to see a show, and then the very next show is people like who are crickets. like, <laughs> yeah, it's like doing stroll. You know when you do strolling magic and you're interrupting someone with dinner, it feels like that on stage for an hour. <laughs> 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 you know, and then afterward they're all like, oh, that was great, and we enjoyed it. But like, you know, right, it's where just was that twenty minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Did I tell you about when it. we did uh, the tour of a musical they did? We went through Aspen, Colorado. Ooh. And uh, it's a very uh, senior crowd. <laughs> yes. And um, like it was the worst the show ever went. Yeah. Like no response whatsoever. Yeah. What musical is this? Uh, Fifty Shades, the musical mm. that I toured in. I starred as Christian Grey, mm. believe it or not. Um, and uh, like no response. And then at the end, just like polite clapping. And then the crew came and they're like, they love that show. That's the, right. That's the biggest response they've given Isn't to any crazy? show the entire season. <laughs> we were just like, "What?" <laughs> I did a I did an event yesterday at Saboba Casino Ooh. for the it was that? Uh, it's out in San Jacinto. Okay, um, but it was like the elders of like the the Saboba Indian community, mm-hmm. and uh, this was like there they do a big once a year they do a big like senior day. And so they give them lunch and like do a big thing, and then uh-huh. they had a show, and it was it was very much like that. It was very quiet, very very you know low reaction, and then afterward, everyone like that was so fun, like, uh-huh. you know. It's like okay, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to gauge shows. Yeah, that is something I've learned doing magic is you'll you'll get these like quiet shows uh, that are not necessarily necessarily representative of how those people actually enjoyed. The show, which I feel right. like you cannot be said about comedy. I think comedy. Yeah, comedy. They either laugh or they don't. Uh, right? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, like, like, especially stand up. I mean, sometimes laughing. I have an audience that doesn't laugh, and I'm like, I got them. <laughs> they they know that yeah. this was a good show. We yeah. all know. Yeah. We all know what happened. Yeah. Uh, actually, speaking of which, with uh, seniors, uh, I was down doing some like family stuff in uh, Anaheim. Yeah. And looked for a magic store down there. And I don't know if you've been, but there's a magic store in the back of a bowling alley in Orange County or no. somewhere down there. Well, you said you tried to go. I tried to go. And on Yelp, they said they were open on Wednesdays. That store is not open on Wednesdays. So I drove <sighs> to the store. Oh, when you texted me that it was closed, I thought it was like gone. No, no, no. It's over, It's only open in the back of a bowling alley, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, what? Sunday or something like that. That's where, where crazy. Where is the bowling alley? Like behind um, the lanes? Well, that's what I thought at first. There's like a hallway going <laughs> next to the, like one of the lanes. Like, do I have to walk... In front of all these people. And by the way, when I went, it was midday. I was like, this place is going to be empty. Full of, it was senior bowling day. Oh. (laughs) So. Magic and bowling. It's like two bad ideas put together is going to make it a (laughs) successful business. Swing a bowling sometime. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Bowling hurts my arms. So that's a problem. (laughs) I do want to, you did mention a ping pong thing. Yes. Ping pong I love. You want to play ping pong sometime? Yeah. I'm terrible at it, but I'm very enthusiastic. Um, so it's at the, if you're looking at the lanes, it's behind you to the right. 
So okay. it's, it's just in this back corner. And also they are opening a performance venue there too. Wow. So you guys nice. will probably be there at some point. Cool. But anyway, it was close. I was just reminded because of elders. Uh, but you're talking about comedy and like not, like not having a crowd. I have had a crowd. There have been crowds where people come up to you and they say they really enjoy the show. And you're like, why didn't you laugh more then? <laughs> well, something I, what's interesting is, I mean, there's a lot of these arts, I feel, have a base expectation to them. Yeah. And the base expectation of comedy is laughter. That when you go to a comedy show, that is the expectation, the, the, like just the lowest expectation you have that you will laugh, yes, right? There's right, not really, right. I don't know exactly what that would be for magic. As right, far yeah. as reactions go, the base expectation for an audience is astonishment. But I don't know what that would... It's a weird thing that comedy is like, this art form is designed to produce a physiological response. In right. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's like horror movies are similar yeah. on a different vector. That's why I think many people have talked about how similar horror and comedy are. Uh, they're both kind of going after the same. <laughs> they're both going after the same sort of like. Well, because they're reaction. trying to it's and like involuntary and it's tension and it's right and it's difficult. You can't really fake it. Right. I think that I think that those kind of shows are the ones that have kept me from going more toward comedy because I fan I've that's why the your podcast is so fun for me. Is like I've fantasized for years of just giving up magic. Like you definitely could just just. In fact, sh- I really. Can't think you should no. there's, there's a reason why we asked you here after right? seeing that after seeing that show where all the magic parts didn't work. uh there so wait well, i think it was very funny at all so i don't know what you plan to do what's the the thing keeping you from just going out and doing stand-up well i i think uh, i don't know if it's keeping me from doing it but there is something about the fact that even if like the audience isn't reacting at all and you're performing magic you still have something you can do right you still have i'm gonna go through the motions of doing the not go through the motions but like i'm gonna do the actions of this trick and there's the things i'm scheduled to say and all of this stuff there is also like there's something about (laughs) um comedy being a thing that bounces off the main thing you're doing yeah that i think seems a little easier than just coming out and being like you your main thing is you have to be funny oh totally this is why like um uh, it always amazed me like growing up in church and like people would be like, our pastor is so funny. And then uh-huh. you go like hear their pastor speak and you're like, well, he said like three things that were kind of hacky. Right, right. But they, no one expects a pastor to be funny. So if you're right. giving a sermon and you've got a few jokes, it's the funniest sermon they've ever heard. Right. He was like, don't have any other Lord before me. You're like, God, this is so hack. Right. This is oh, like, the, this, this is, is like, like from a list 2, of like, thousand year old joke. This is from a list of like the 10 things people say whenever I go to these things. <laughs> Um, you know, I think uh, is that a David Letterman top ten? No, it's a ten no, commandments. It's a ten joke. commandments. I know, but I'm like, <laughs> uh, one of my favorite David Letterman lists was the top ten numbers. It was like <laughs> these are the top ten numbers, and it went like ten, nine, eight, seven, four, and the top number was three. <laughs> that's the, whole, the whole list was just that's the entire thing. Letterman's top 10 was great because he always like halfway through just started not caring about it. Yeah. He'd always just be like, what What am I doing with my life? <laughs> are you, hold on. Are you impressed that I knew what Letterman top 10 was? Or yeah. Uh, somewhat surprised. But no, I'm not surprised now because you know a lot of references that are older than right. you are. Yeah. I'm such an old man. Um, yeah. And I feel like you so know some references that are older than I am. <laughs> right. Just because I guess you, I assume you've os- gotten through osmosis a lot of them from your family yeah my, my, although your parents are really into post malone so they love what post, no yeah they love it are you serious <laughs> no, every day no <laughs> i was like I oh can, man i've I bet you two million dollars my mom's 
has no, couldn't even fathom who that is. My sister didn't know who John Hamm was. What? And had never heard of Mad Men. What? Their favorite TV wow. show is The Big Bang Theory. Oh. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Well. Um, <laughs> I would say, aside from stand-up, Taylor, you could very easily get into TV hosting. Oh. Like, that would be, that would a, be fun. Like, you'd be amazing at that. Yeah. Who do we need to tell that to? <laughs> Someone, I mean, there are Laura agents, Michaels? there are commercial agents that just send people out for hosting. Oh, that's fine. And there's a, like, you know, I also don't know if you'd want to do this, but oh, like, I do a lot of the gigs that. are like, and I got sent out for them a lot and I was not, not good at them, but it would just be like, you're auditioning to be the host of the, like a food network show about candy. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Amazing. Do you, do you get to eat the candy? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I would love that, man. That'd be so fun. Um, but so, wait, I, what's scary about those crowds? Those comedy crowds? Like you're saying? Oh no, I was just saying, like if you, you know, like if you're a musician and you're not connecting with the crowd. Like I have friends that play in bands, and mm-hmm. like if the if the crowd's not feeling them, they at least got 50 minutes worth of songs they can do where it's okay because they've got something to do. But if you're you're telling jokes and you're not connecting right. with people, yeah, or you're telling personal stories and people are like, I don't give a shit about this guy. Right. It's a little bit like, ugh. So my favorite Here band I am. is the my favorite band is the Milk Carton Kids. Yeah. And um Where have they been? I haven't seen them in a while. I know. I've, they keep coming to I have missed them every time they've been. Is in this a real band? Yeah. yeah. Like Joey Ryan and Kenneth Pattengale. I love them. They're like my favorite. They're all oh. I listen to right now. Anyway, so Joey Ryan who's uh one of the um, two guys in that band was on Pete Holmes' podcast, and he was talking about, they're talking about a similar thing about comedy and music. Yeah. And he goes, also, he goes, with music, at the end of a song, people will clap. They know the exact moment. Right. They know when the right. song ends. They know when they're supposed to clap. Yeah. So I'm, he's like, I've never been faced with, and because they, they talked about how funny he is on stage on, with his band, um, and they are very, very funny. But he goes, I'm not actively trying to write silly jokes. I right. to sort of be funny. And it's the pressure is off when I know that is not what is expected of me. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I've told people, especially because most of my work is in the corporate market. I tell people like the best thing you can do is minimize your introduction. Like you don't want someone to get up there and be like, this guy's the funniest guy you're ever mm-hmm. going to hear. But also like present you if as like our speaker this evening or our presenter this evening our pastor yeah our pastor this evening uh because then when you get up and you do something that's amazing it's going to seem more amazing because they weren't expecting it or more funny because they weren't is there is there any licensing that goes into being a pastor oh geez we're going down the road did you did you have to be go go Uh, the dmv and no i got ordained but it was through the church i worked at which always seemed kind of suspicious ordainment.com oh yeah yeah, yeah. i did that afterward because i didn't want to be associated with edible (laughs) ordainment (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what what people pay me zero dollars for at the ucb to come up with fun jokes like that (laughs) um so, wait, what's... Oh, you mean like there wasn't like an outside thing that's No, like, no, no. It was like the board of directors at the church I worked at. <laughs> well, they said, turned you down. Yeah. <laughs> well, they did for a lot of people. But <laughs> oh. No, but then then after after I left... I got to uh, find out about this uh, this audition to be a youth pastor. That's what oh, I'm going to change it's my a focus. sweet gig, man. <laughs> you know, you need, you need to know like three guitar chords. Ah. And... Um, got them. Yeah, you need to know a lot about Post yeah. Malone, though, if you're going to be... Right. Yeah, I mean, I guarantee there's going to be some super church that super uses, church. Uses like, I love that you called it a super that church. Uses like, well, I grew, I'm from Texas, yeah, so it, or mega church. mega church. Yeah, super no, church. super church would be cool. Oh, like, everyone's church, in capes. That where the the youth pastor uses like Post Malone songs to like. Oh, totally. That's going to be the next. Um, that's going to be the big hill thing. song. Oh, Instead of hill song, it'll be like these are all my trigger words. Trap. Uh, 
trap, rap, <laughs> trap music, Christian music. There is a, a new podcast that you should not listen to. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you heard the podcast Mega? Mm-mm. It's it's an improv podcast of a mega church. It's 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 an improvised podcast where they're posing. It's like a parody of them being the staff of a mega church. Ah, that's pretty funny. Uh, and it's they've had some UCB folks on there and stuff too. It's freaking hilarious. Um, <laughs> I would say for both you guys in terms of doing comedy, that one advantage I think you guys have is I feel like magicians have a better work ethic in general. Oh. Like I well yeah I mean I'm with you on that I feel like the base like skill level you have to get out to even walk out and do a magic show is means that you've had to put hours in that a lot of comedians don't right so I would expect that that part of it wouldn't be too like like sitting down and writing stuff and like putting in the grind part of it I think right I feel like magicians are more amenable to sure now granted there's also I mean I've heard people like Harrison Greenbaum he and I have talked about this a lot yeah. Um, that this whole conversation we're sort of having, he would call like kind of a fucking cop out, uh, he, and, he, and, and he had sort of voiced to me that that is one of his problems with quote comedy magicians. He's like they kind of rest knowing they don't have to try that hard to be funny because they can kind of let magic carry them, which is why they're not that good and why no one likes comedy magicians. Yeah, yeah. So the other, there's the devil's advocate there. Well, I'm uh, I'm saying if you guys dropped the magic part at some point and tried to just right. be comedians, right? Like I think you'd still have that base of like. Not being lazy. Oh, sure. Although, I don't know how lazy either of you are. Oh, very. <laughs> to well, a huge fault. Oh, this life. is a thought I had at the lecture last night. So, I've gone to two lectures now, and there is a strong, we've talked before, there's a strong culture of lectures and like people recommending to other people to read books. And like, there's a, it, the, my exposure to magic so far has had a lot of people being like, hey, you should get better at magic. Here's new ideas in magic, whatever. And then when we saw some shows this weekend at the castle, I was like, when you were leaving in your car, I was like, yeah, I can understand why it might get, it might wear wear you down a little bit to watch these kind of shows for decades. We had a... Uh, <laughs> we've that, banked, that, this, that, that we've banked this episode, so there's no way to know what week we're right, talking right. about. But right. that, but that, but that <laughs> But I'm talking about that contrast where like there's all this like here's the new stuff blah, 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 and right. then like you go see the shows and it's like yeah but it's still this again. right that's why people are always oh. doing the exact same things and that's uh, to quote um, uh, the uh, the jerks uh-huh. um, and that uh, uh, what is it the amateur's guide to the amateur at the card table amateur at the card table thank you he talks about he sort of roasts all those people that are like you got to practice a this any new thing has to be practiced for seven months before it goes in your show. I, I practiced. No, I did this for a year, and he's like, "Why?" He's like, "If it's if it's if it's a prop you're comfortable with, and it's made done with moves that you've done before, right. you need like a week tops." Uh, right. And then he goes, and then you see well, these people. He goes, "I see all the people saying that," and he says, he "Even Roger, he goes like, and I see them doing the same old shit, and they're flashing." I'm like, "Yeah." What were you spending all that time on? Why did it take you so long to do this? Well, or the or the worst side of that is you meet you see someone who did spend seven months and it's flawless, but it's boring as hell, right? Because to them, practice is not involving anybody else. Sure, you know what I mean. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like I mean, and and sometimes you got to get in front of an audience and connect with them. And um, uh, there are uh, magicians. I think that even we as magicians. There's a blind spot for us. Like there's a some there, the first time I ever took my friend to the Magic Castle when she turned 21. This is a year and a half ago, last January. Um, we saw a magician who is very well known, currently nominated for that week at the castle. They did, um, 
And oh, when now I, it's down to five names. Uh, well, I, didn't what, I didn't say what room it was. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. What room were you in? <laughs> <laughs> the close-up gallery. What time did um, the show start? And uh, were you seated or... Sorry. Uh, and then and so we were, it was the close-up gallery, and it was the person I was like, this person's great. I can't believe... And she'd never seen me do a real show, and she was coming to see me the next day. I was doing Magic Bar. Okay, yeah. Me, like two days later. Uh-huh. And... Uh, and I'm like, I'm actually kind of nervous to bring you to this because I don't want you to have to compare me. I don't want you to oh, think uh, that this is where the bar is because this right, person right. is so good. And then she walked out of the show. I'm like, what'd you think? She goes, that's fine. I went, <laughs> what? And she's like, oh, honestly, it's kind of boring. Yeah. Did, and, now, did you have this? Were you like, that was a great show? Or did you think it was um, I thought it was a really good show. I'll be honest. He did flash one thing, which she did see. Uh-huh. Um, so that was part of it. Uh but I certainly thought he delivered on what I had um, on what I uh, thought he had uh, like promised. Oh yeah, uh-huh, it was yeah, very yeah. it was very good, and she just thought it was kind of boring. Huh. Um, huh. I think some magicians. Okay, so the the stereotype of like what people hate about magic, like Seinfeld, I think was the guy who was like, uh, "Here's a quarter, now it's gone. You're an idiot." Right. You know, now it's back. You're a jerk. Mm-hmm. Like I, like I'm better than you. I can do all these things. You can't. Sure. Could be less. There's there's nothing that could, uh, I think, separate you more from an audience than to establish yourself as. Look at all the cool stuff I can do that you can't do. Right. So I think that sometimes the magicians we are that's the stuff we're amazed by is the slights and the creativity and all of that stuff. Right. But an audience member who's just wanting to have a moment that's, you know taking them somewhere i yeah and uh i think that person that you're talking about is definitely known more for that other magicians are like this person's really good and i i saw that same show and i don't think it's that person isn't a great stage performer okay like i think taylor you are i think you're a great stage performer yeah that show is so entertaining yeah it was so authentic, and it was Jeez. so... You now, were like, you don't have the skills that that guy has. Yeah, yeah right. you're terrible. You're not a terrible. But you're engaging, so... Yeah. Oh, thanks. Um, actually, this leads me to another thought I had at the... Oh, at the lecture last night, which is... Um, I I wonder if this is a problem, and maybe it stems from not having a strong... Having directors... Cult, having someone direct you mm-hmm. culture. But there seems to be a lot of, like sort of informal peer review almost yes. where people sort of like kind of someone comes to see a show and they're kind of like give some thoughts or whatever. And, and a recent show at the castle that, um, uh, that we saw, there were a lot of like, um, people in the audience. I was like, Oh, I know that guy, that, that guy's a real, like a pretty prominent magician or whatever. And then they, I could tell that they weren't going to like, at least right then, they weren't going to give like real feedback about the show. Mm -hmm. And my question is, I wonder if at certain tiers of magic, when you're with your peers that are sort of like your same age, same level of success, whatever, if there's a politeness that happens that like holds everybody back. Yes. And actually there are a couple big name performers that have called that out to a huge degree. Like we are too nice. Uh We need to change the way that we we need to change the way that we talk to each other about magic because we're just kind of pretending that everyone's great and we're all best friends. Right, right. And then we let some real shit get out there that we could have stopped. Yeah. Um, and I do have one example of that. 
uh, <laughs> in this room. <laughs> well, there was these. Um, I mean, I don't want to <laughs> roast them, but there was an a- there was an act that went to FISM in 2015 that got uh, scored so low that it got like the red buzzer and the curtains closed on it halfway. through. That's a thing. Yeah. If, um, there, what? There's, there's nine. Like ju- the, there's the uh, gong nine show judges. of FISM. There's nine judges. They all have a red button sitting in front of them. If okay. seven out of the nine hit that red button, it means you're so bad. Whoa. It's so below FISM quality that a red light switches on and then you have like 10 seconds and the curtains just close. Oh, geez. Right. There's uh, another one they hit and red buttons come down. Right. Uh, so, um, <laughs> John, do you know who that is? I know. It's fantastic. <laughs> just an old comedian. The best The best part is is that joke and John not getting it at the same time, being here in between those two yeah. things. Happening. I guarantee your parents would get that. I'm sure they would. <laughs> I'm going to Google it and so this never happens to me again. You just embarrass me. Actually, on, in my mind, I don't. Thousands of listeners. I don't oh, know. I don't I think it's difference. embarrassing you. I think no, it's sad for me. The and fact Taylor. that we're old and we know. Things. Well, I did play it. If I got it, you also set up a premise where you understand old references. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. And right. I, if you rewind thirty seconds, I pretended to get it by politely laughing. Yeah. And the moment you said, "Do you get that?" I went, "No." I, I didn't. <laughs> you pretended to get it in the same way that, like, you're the kid at an adult's party. And I was always right. the kid at the adults. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's where this all came from. I, Were always, you... I was always more comfortable hanging out with like, adults. And anytime my parents hosted like a, a party with all adults, you I go would, and like, hang out. So I would hang out. Yeah, I was always tried to. Looking back, I was probably just some fu- dumb fucking eleven year old. Yeah, but, uh, I can't. Like if we yeah, were at a, a party now. And then there's just like a, an 11 year old wanting to right. with holding like, like a wine glass right. of apple juice. Right. right. <laughs> Be like, did you read The Economist this week? <laughs> um, did you do magic? Like, did they make you do tricks? Um, when I became old and like when I started doing magic, yeah, yeah. Because uh, you've t- told me before, you've had family members. I don't think you're close family, but extended family. Where aren't there situations where you are made to perform magic for people that don't want to see it? <laughs> oh, by my mom. Because <laughs> yeah. my mom likes magic so much that we're always around, and she'll be like, she'll play both sides. Where she'll walk up to me and she'll be like this person really wants to see you do magic. And I'm like, mom, I fucking yeah. promise you they don't. And then what she's done at the same time, she's gone to them. And she's like, John has this new thing. That I think he really wants to show some people. <laughs> I'll be polite about it. So now we're That's the two awesome. of us sitting doing, I'm doing magic for someone that doesn't want to see it being done by someone who doesn't want to be doing it. Right. And yeah. the only one happy is my mom. This is like a reverse gift of the mag- magi. Right. 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 <laughs> Neither of you wants the gift that you're giving each right. other. <laughs> uh, Which sounds like she's a good uh, agent. Oh yeah. She should be an agent. No, don't, say that <laughs> uh, your mom is so sweet man she and she knows magic like she would come up after the show and she was like i really like that gypsy thread <laughs> yeah. i was like oh my mom no she just knows the she, no she said that. Did say I, that she knows the I, okay i'm mom i'm sorry that i did out you like this but i do a couple of years ago i had to tell her how the gypsy thread was done and she's like wait what and i was like yeah that, she's like is that how are they all like that? And I went, yes. She goes, oh, I just thought that like the threads just go back together. I'm like, no, mom, that's real magic. <laughs> that's <laughs> real magic. Oh, you know, that's not a bad idea, though. Right? What if just there some... was an invisible, strong filament yeah. through the core of the thread? Okay, and then, then you, you just pull break. it, and it like, like yeah, a reel or let something. you break the, the other parts, and then just at the end, they, they all go back great. together. That seems a little leverage. <laughs> uh, it seems expensive, which is why I'm a, a, attracted to it. Right. Um... <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, what I was going to, to to tie up that story, the, this act went to FISM in Italy, got that thing called on it, and there was sort of a um, controversy over whether or not it's appropriate for judges at FISM to do that, you know, yeah. which I kind of come down on the side of like, no, they, your job as a judge is to watch all right. the act. 
Uh, however, I will also say that having seen the that's kind of fucked up. Fism put out a video of like the thirty seconds where that happened. It's like like this act disqual- disqualified below Fism quality. Oh no! Like, you can see the thirty seconds, and I could see the props that were on stage. And yes, it looked like it was not good. Uh, yeah. It was like a, it was like tris- a stratosphere. It was a it was a sub trunk. It was uh, yeah. it was like you know mylar flowers and shit. Um, so, but then so- somebody who who writes review like reviews fism he got, re- reviews all the acts he even said this and i kind i do tend to agree as tough as it is he's like look someone close to them needed to tell them right. that this was going to happen because uh well, this they got was sponsored by someone to go there right well, that's like, the problem every year is that acts that should have no business being on stage at fism are sponsored to go and they never have quite figured out how to rectify that uh, but I think they had placed this act had placed at um, one of, at the North American Championship. Uh, sponsored, oh, sponsored by a previous competition or something. Yes, like that. Uh, or you can also be sponsored by like a FISM organization. Okay, but not like sponsored by Absolute Vodka, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what it looked like. Do you uh, find do you find that like explaining FISM or the castle or any magic really cool magic thing to people? The more you explain it, the nerdier it sounds. Oh, absolutely. Like every time someone's like Fism, it's like the Olympics of magic. I've had to say like, <laughs> the words magic camp to so many dates. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I don't know if you know what the sound of a vagina closing up sounds like. <laughs> it's, it's, but it sounds but like. But it rhymes with magic camp. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so. Uh, you, you come to, you come down the side of people should be a little. I, it was just something that occurred to me because I saw, um, we, like I would. Th- it spurred me to think, like God, these some of these routines are really repetitive, and we, not. Yeah. And this is coming from people that I like like a lot. Is all I will oh, say. Right. <laughs> oh right. Oh yeah. Are you talking oh. about what, you talk, what routine? Are you about the Quinn routine. Uh, is this a thirty-six what, card repeat. No, like the finger rings. Oh, right. But like just in general, just being like, oh, here's seven minutes of like, man, I I expected more from mm, these right. people. And this person had something like that. That was very good. Uh, I thought the card thing was very good. Uh, yeah. We saw a magician uh, that we were excited about. <laughs> and there was they, they they did a routine that uh, they did the linking finger rings and it was fine. It was fine. But I mean, but the premise getting into it was very interesting to listen to. Um, the premise getting into the fingering? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Okay. I, I well, love... Less you, interesting for you. You guys always start so vague and then add so <laughs> much detail <laughs> yeah. that you might as well just say... I mean, <laughs> if you if you listen to the podcast, you know who we're talking about because... Here's put, what I'll say. It's Chris's number one crush. Yeah. Put it... Yeah. Okay. Like, it was someone I was very interested in seeing and I didn't wear pants to the castle that night. Right. <laughs> Chris uh, had his legs crossed the entire show. Yeah. Um... So, uh, until we did the, uh, what was the thing we said with Robert? What were we talking about with erections? <laughs> oh, the Minto trick. The Minto trick. Um, uh, I'll tell you, that episode hasn't aired yeah, yet. Yeah, it hasn't aired that. yet. Yeah. We had a recurring erection joke on that episode. Oh, yes. good times. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to mention something else, but now I, I, I don't want to. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> um, so real and honest on this podcast <laughs> well no i just like and then we saw uh, someone else who was like i thought it's funny because we go see shows where i'm like man that guy's technical skill is great and john will be like eh, i saw this happen to this like he'll be like i saw these four things happen during oh the show. right um and i'm like i'm still not seeing it uh but um we saw someone else who i thought was very good but like the last six minutes of it was ambitious card Mm. and i was just like okay like and the the thing is is that it killed like um right. like 
it got gasps from the close-up gallery people. Mm. And so I was like, I can't really fault that person for doing it, yeah. I guess. But I felt bored during it. Sure. I yeah, that's. The, I mean, yeah, I mean, just like you, you have to remember that these people aren't seeing it. I again, I still say that I would never do a clo- an ambitious card in the close-up gallery uh-huh. for personal, re- like personal standards. <laughs> like I like to, you know, given that because it's such a prestigious you, place, right? I try to do somewhat original material or material that is very specific to me that I feel is fresh for me uh, because I, I just I, if I don't have a take an inter- interesting take on something I feel weird taking up a spot in the close-up gallery mm, yeah like I, I, I have a cups of balls that I do I'll do it at close-up shows I'll do it at magic bar I will never ever do it in the castle just because I have nothing in- nothing interesting to say about the cups hmm. and balls you know so if I have a member who's entitled to come and be a member of an audi- a part of an audience sees my show they would rightfully probably feel the same way you did. It was like, oh, it was boring, but it killed, and this is why people keep doing it and never changing it. Yeah, because, like, um, at that like that close-up show, there was someone else who's, like, a very prominent magician. Right. And I was just thinking, like, what is he thinking? Well, like, when he... When he he knows it's ambitious card really early when that starts, is he just like checking out for the next like six minutes or I don't know you know I don't know yeah um, well and, and you, theoretically it's a private club for magicians that happens to have people from the outside coming I'm saying like theoretically yeah. I'm saying like that person then is kind of treating it just like as a gig sure so there, there's the fact too at the castle that like you know you'll have eight or nine acts that week that are coming in to perform. And Jack does a really good job of trying to coordinate, hey, let's not have someone doing linking rings in this room right. and someone else doing it in that room. So if you're going to do a classic or like a, like something that other people are possibly going to want to perform this week, you you don't want to do it unless it's going to be something like special. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, it would be cool, this is probably impossible, to take over the castle for a week and coordinate all of the acts we mentioned this briefly with Robert, but like coordinate all the acts in a way that they like all interlace with each other. That would be really cool. That'd be fun. So that they all have like either like a single prop that keeps showing up and over. Like basically, you design close up parlor, peller, and palace. That'd be pretty cool. Like that would be really fun. one. Like if you could get the people from who do sleep no more to do it, right? That would be amazing. Um, they do a lot of theme weeks at the castle. It'll be like Magic of Spain week, and it'll be and they'll kind of right. Jack will sort of give it to somebody in that community, and then they'll book the entire thing. Oh, right. that's so cool. that's uh, you could feasibly make that happen. Um, Taylor, this is going to be a bonus episode of About to Break. Yes, sir. How's that podcast going? It's going good. I I started it um as a whim, like. I was at a point in time where I didn't have a lot of shows, and I was like, I'm going to lose my mind if I don't have something to focus on. Uh-huh. So I just started recording like conversations with artists about you know trying to break into the industry before it breaks them. Mm-hmm. And you recently hit 100 episodes, right? Yeah, That's yeah. Today was episode 109 that came out now. So awesome. what episode was that? Uh, Bruce Gold's on today. Cool. So yeah. What uh, percentage of them are magicians? You know, it's funny. The last uh, the last month has been a lot of magicians, mm-hmm. but on average, I'd say it's only about 20 percent of the people are magicians. Mm-hmm. A lot of actors and comedians and do you count Chris artists. as a magician on that episode? No, we. I mean, we no. talked about magic, Did but uh, yeah, but we talked mostly just about your work as a comedian and an actor. And Nothing. I, I, I'm, the big question I had was, you're successful in these other areas. Why in the world would you want to start doing magic? Well, I will say <laughs> that if you're successful as an actor in the business, especially if you're in TV and film, you have a lot of days off. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's like true. one of the like last year, I was decently busy on TV, and I probably worked. 
19 days wow. out of three, 365. Like, wow. and that's a good year yeah. as an actor. I probably might have worked with it. No, that's probably about what, right? Like, you know, like the prominent commercial that I shouldn't say that is right. Like, that I worked that for four hours. Right. It's crazy. In, in, uh, Burbank. And that pay well? Uh, I don't know yet because I haven't will. gotten checks yet. <laughs> I think it will. Money. I think that will pay decently <laughs> well because, uh, it aired during March Madness a lot. Right. Um, on an unrelated note, uh, go look up this Apple commercial that Chris might be in or might yes, not be. and also my husband Eric loves it because it uses the song "The Frug," uh, right? The, or what is it? What's it called from Sweet Charity? Uh, um, yeah, I, I can something Frug. Yes. Oh Lord, he now, also now lo- he's going to be mad. He also me. loves it because there's no magicians in it. Right? <laughs> uh, Are but, there? Uh, there? Go look up this Apple commercial directed by. Uh, uh, oh, uh, directed by Alexander Payne. Yeah. Wow. Who directed Sideways and Election, and they never and announced the that either. And Downsizing. <laughs> yes. And uh, did he... No, did he direct... He didn't direct... He did The Descendants is his Hawaiian, Hawaiian yes. movie, right? He did not do Aloha, where no. Emma Stone played in. No, no, no. He Vietnamese didn't direct movie. that. He directed The Descendants, the Disney Channel movie about all the, the sons and daughters of the Disney villains. Right. Oh, was, The Descendants. That's the what Descendants. it's called. My yeah. daughter loves that. Yeah. <laughs> is that a real thing? It's a real thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, there's my, a certain threshold has... below which I don't get references. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. That's no, the red button. He didn't so. direct the Hawaiian one. That was some other guy. He directed the Disney Channel movie. Right, yeah. Right. yeah. Which, yeah, they're making a third one right now. It's kind of a big deal. Thank God. Um, we were so, asking for you, Have you had people interview you on your podcast? about Like, where are you at with your show business career, since that's what your podcast is about? Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. We're doing this in the last two minutes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sum it up in... Yeah. You got 90 seconds. No, I, I still am trying to... I, it's funny. I you have 85 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I would love... It's funny you brought up hosting. I would love to do some TV hosting. Yeah. Um, And I love magic, but I want... I want to create shows that people came to see. And mm-hmm. so the nature of the work that I'm doing is is like um to do a good job at corporate events you can't make it about you so yeah it's fun that's like it's fun to do the castle in different places where it's like oh i can just tell stories and like you know but i'd love to do more of that yeah yeah uh well we'll make that happen let's make it we have have that power (laughs) um because john and i's careers are both exploding yep Ask me if I have any shows coming up. Well, I'll tell you when John does have shows coming up. Uh, July 31st through August 25th in Edinburgh, yes! Scotland. Yeah, baby. Uh, and I'll probably jinx it by oh, saying this out loud. I just texted Aaron that, we, that we're a go. So we got a Another different Aaron offer. Right there. So we went through a bunch of fringe <laughs> bullshit, which is actually very standard for fringe. Yeah. Um, we went through some real bullshit. That was uh, really annoying. So basically, we had a venue booked. Uh, the venue said that, that we'd been double booked. We couldn't have that time slot anymore. Then we got offered a 10 a.m. slot or a 1.15 a.m. slot, Ugh. which made me reach out back to my preferred venue, and they actually had a cancellation. So cool. At, at the original venue slot. that yeah. I wanted at the time that I wanted. Oh, that's fantastic. So it's uh, 1.30 p.m. assembly box in Edinburgh. Uh, and because of most of the... We'll actually start on July 31st then with assembly. Ah, dude. Because we, uh, we can do preview performances. Um, so that'll be one thirty, and it will actually be that space will be more, a little more conducive to doing close up ish 
type stuff. Although mm-hmm. I showed you a picture, the angles are terrible for if it. I mean, it's a it's a problem you would like to have because that means you have people sitting on the side. Right. Seats uh, seventy four people, so on a night that you sell out and you have seventy four people, you're going to have angle issues. Right. Um, yeah. So that's a good problem to have. Um, yes. I mean, from my from my perspective as a producer, that's a good problem to have. <laughs> for, as a magician, maybe not. That's so stinking exciting, man! Are you I, pumped? I'm and scared to death. Fucking terrified. <laughs> that's the only, oh, I love it. That's well, the predominant. How long is the show going to be? Like forty minutes? Fifty. Fifty, 50 minutes. Yeah. I think the slot is sixty, but you have like a ten minute um, load in. Turn around. But your load in and out should be nothing almost, uh, unless you're bringing a sub truck. <laughs> <laughs> right. Lots of feather um, flowers. The the just for people that might be interested in fringe the uh, advantages of this the advantages and disadvantages of this venue are I know them really well I've worked with them for like seven years in a row, um, and by comparison to most fringe venues they're very professional, and it means that you'll be in the like bigger like more commercial part of the fringe, so that like you'll your venue will be pretty close to these like beer gardens that they have mm-hmm. so there'll be lots of people to like talk to in those gardens to try to get to the show cool. it's across the street from the Voldemort show and the Thrones musical parody so we can flyer those lines and like when you flyer the line for Thrones you can be like my venue is right there and you can point right at it right um the only con is that their bar for financial, like the financial bar is higher. Like we owe a minimum for getting oh. that venue. Oh, okay. So it's, uh, but we should be able to hit it. Um, and then it's they- $2 million, $2 million. Yeah. And then they take a cut of tickets ab- above a certain, above. Once so you, this is no longer a free minimum. show or something. It's not a free tickets. show. This okay. is, uh, Dude. probably going to be 10 pounds a seat. Oh, rough. Okay. Uh, 10 pounds is pretty <laughs> standard there. Um, Right. So you hit the minimum, and then you do a sixty forty split of okay. that. So it makes it harder to recoup. Yeah, to make money, you, you have a real little landing spot to like. Because even even if you sell out the whole month, right, you're still giving forty percent. What's the minimum? What are we talking minimum? About? I'll tell you, the minimum is fifteen hundred pounds for the month. I, for I think the we can month. Do that. Okay. Yeah, it's seventy four seats, ten pounds a ticket. If you sell out, you make seven hundred forty pounds. So just sell it out thirty times. Great, <laughs> uh, but anyway, I'm, I I would rather take that risk because this is going to be a, for John who has never been to the Fringe. This would be a much nicer right yeah month. The other the free venue way is a much more kind of like down and dirty like in in the muck and grind of Fringe. Like it would be a lot of like hustling and stuff yes. like that, but it'd be yeah. a lot harder. Good. Um, so I think this will be a yeah, little more. Is, I'm so happy. Yeah. With this news. So come see him there. Yeah. Uh, Taylor, thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for Where having me. What, what, or follow what? you or. Oh, uh, listen to the podcast if you want to or, or don't. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Show. Don't do it. Um, I think locally, May 11th, I'll be at Dynasty Typewriter. Cool. What are you doing there? Uh, they do a show called Dynasty Tonight. It's like one of their house shows. Oh. And so I'll be doing that. Uh, I think that's it local that's awesome. yeah uh, and yeah listen to uh, you'll be a booby trap uh, this, oh that's tonight that's yeah booby tra- trap tonight right um, do you have any more booby traps coming up uh, not at the moment but really I will it's a great show, great show. It's so fun uh, and then yeah listen to about to break but only if it's this episode yeah. <laughs> do either of you have any uh, castle stuff coming up I do not what's the lead time for figuring that stuff out usually like three four months okay yeah cool. Well, hopefully, I'm sure in this... It's never less than two months. Okay, cool. Yeah. If it's like two months till the date, it's not happening. Cool. Right. <laughs> what Jack has said to me. Yeah. But, right. But I've gotten three months, usually three months before. But you probably will probably be up again sometime this year. I hope so. Yeah. 
I mean, last year I was there in May, and now it's middle of April. So I'm like, well, May is definitely not happening again. Uh-huh. Right. So. But you were just there in December. December. But I got to do it twice last year, and I was kind of hoping I could do that again. Yeah. <laughs> but now oh, it's yeah. unlikely. Oh, you never know. It could happen. I'll put in a word. It's going to go. Yeah. Okay, we got to fix. We got to get Taylor's TV hosting career going. Yes. Was he going to do that? Gunning Castle. Yep. And then I got to get in this youth pastor program that I'm totally right. for. I can help you with that. <laughs> There's like knowledge exchange, right? Yeah, you've got to you've got to wear a long t-shirt and then like a shorter t-shirt over the long t-shirt, that's, and then a hat Wait, that looks you wear, like a pilgrim. What about a short sleeve shirt and long sleeves coming out from under? It? That, that's acceptable. Right. But then you're going to cover your sleeved tattoos to show kids that you have a testimony. Oh, so. and then you have to tell me how to believe in God. Yeah, so you got to do that part too. Right, right. Uh, well, thanks, first, first things first. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time. This, uh, we've had Taylor Hughes. Please support him in every possible way. Yes, go thanks, listen guys. to the podcast. No added jokes. And now uh, we're gonna play with these uh, gifts that I gave you. I know. I'm so excited. We got presents, <laughs> which is a trick I'm releasing. Yeah, yes. uh, there's a trick um, by Chris Grace called Level One on Vanishing Inc. Go buy it. Yeah, uh, Chris it's, Grace and it's, sells it. It's definitely me. It is Chris. <laughs> I haven't lied once. Chris Grace is selling this trick on <laughs> a this little trick. bit because look at the name on that thing. It says Christian Grace. Right, but we're gonna work on him becoming a Christian. After Um, there's a video of uh, Sammy doing For Once in My Life in like Germany or something and my dad's credited and he has a little solo. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Alright, let's hear a little something, Taylor. Let's have Taylor play the opening. <laughs> I have to do it. I have a gift for both you guys. Oh. What? For coming today. <gasps> no way! Are you serious? Uh, level Dude, I was just looking at this. I was like, yeah. maybe I 